Waiheke, can you dig it? Kia ora, I'm Chris and I'm a keen veggie gardener, but I'm just a novice. So I've decided to talk to locals who have greener thumbs than me to see what I can learn about composting, raising seeds, sowing and getting a bumper crop of fruit and veg. Brought to you by Waiheke Radio, your community radio station. This is Can You Dig It? Kia ora, welcome to episode 7 of Waiheke, Can You Dig It? This week I have a conversation with Waiheke writer Emily King. Her book ReFood, published in 2023, is all about food systems and resilience. She tackles some really big issues related to food production at the local, national and global level. But I wanted to talk to Emily about home gardening and how that can play a role in moving to a more sustainable and resilient food system. I'll play that discussion for you shortly. I've had some serious garden jealousy this week. Last weekend I was lucky to visit two very different but equally impressive gardens on the island. One was a property where every part of the section was turned over to garden. There was no grass, just garden beds and paths and it was full of the most amazing abundant vegetables. You could see the results of planning, know-how, care and time. The second was a garden I visited for a crop swap event. Here there were two distinct styles of garden. Behind the house, raised beds separated by paths, full of multiple varieties of each vegetable, selected to provide a range of flavours and harvest periods. And at the front of the house, a huge area was turned over to a hugel culture bed. I'll have more on that in an upcoming episode. It was full of tomatoes with large ripe fruit and some very healthy looking rock melon. But now, let's take a listen to this week's feature guest. Well, kia ora. Um, In this episode of Can You Dig It? I'm talking to Emily King, who recently published a book called ReFood, which is all about food resilience, uh, really at at the global scale, but also investigating, you know, at a more national and, and local scale as well. And, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to Emily and find out a little bit, you know, with our focus on home gardening, about whether or not she sees a place for home produce, local gardening, in the in the, the fight to address food resilience issues. So good morning, Emily. How are you? Kia ora, Chris. I'm great. Thank you. So, yeah, let's just, I know it's a big question to start off with, but do you see a place for for home growing, for home produce in the, you know, in the, I suppose, I mean, would it be fair to say you're painting a pessimistic view of our food structures in your book? Um, so I'm not painting a pessimistic view, I'm quite an optimist. Um, absolutely, there's a role of home gardening. I mean, undoubtedly, to shift the issues that we face we need systemic shifts from big players and business and government and without that we're not going to um, make the changes that we need around those things however that's never to say that there's not a place for the, um, the home gardeners and the local so phrasing that in a more positive way there is a place for local um, food resiliency, it's absolutely fundamental if we're going to um, achieve any kind of um, island-based food resiliency and also national or even international. So, um, you know, it, 
they're all connected, all of the parts, and we all we need all of the parts to work to um, to have resiliency. It's not an end game; it's a continuous process and goal. So, um, when you have local um, gardens and home growers and local market gardeners and initiatives that support your community to be more food resilient you get knowledge um, you get know-how in your population you get intergenerational knowledge that used to be passed down within families but now really isn't Um, you get community passed down of knowledge um, and retention of that knowledge and all of those things lead to social and physical um, resiliency in a community around food. So yeah that's an interesting point you make about community and and connection um you know in your book there's a part where you talk about the kind of despair during during lockdown of looking at your garden and it being kind of a, a dry you know unproductive mess and it can uh it can be a frustration can't it that uh, you know people have the the best will in the world and they they hop on down to placemakers and get a whole bunch of seedlings and spend a whole lot of money and, and buy some compost and so on and uh, i mean is is community the key for overcoming that despair do you think or well i think leaning into my community on waiheke gives me hope with food um the despair i mean i have it again it's this time of year when the garden just dries out and we all know we live on clay on a rock and our topsoil is minimal and poor and we have a a big pan don't we beneath it so the roots are not penetrating and we know that we need water to keep it alive and um, actually nowadays I do apply more water to my garden than I used to um, because it's important to me to keep those microbes in the soil alive and they need water to do that so um, yeah when we when we face that despair and challenge of gardening having a wider community around you um, to learn from and to lean into and to share with and to better deepen your knowledge is really important and I'm so proud to live on Waiheke with so many people that know so much about gardening many of the people who you're talking to um, on your show Um, I mean I'm an amateur gardener I like to grow food to feed my family particularly my children um, and they like to grow food they've grown up growing food understanding it and being surrounded by it and and that I'm really grateful for and I know it's a privilege because a lot of kids don't um, and can't so um, I think Waiheke affords us these opportunities to remove despair and lean into hope did you come to home gardening through your interest in food systems or did your interest in food systems come from, from tinkering around at home? It's all very interconnected. I grew up on a farm and my parents um, who live separately grew, both of them are gardeners and they both grew food. Um, so I just grew up that way and so it's always been in me and my interest in food systems probably goes through that and probably goes back to you know centuries ago in my ancestors who were farmers and have been up until sort of this generation so um yeah it's in my blood so to speak your your book as a as i said before kind of you know reaches out to the kind of global food system it looks at 
uh, the way we fertilise soils, the the kind of infrastructure around food, the things we grow, when when and where we grow them, and so on. Has that is that your research and understanding of those larger systems? Does that inform what you do in your home garden? Yeah, it really does. Um, I try to. Um, well, I'm, I'm practiced and trained as a permaculture designer, so I, uh, just as a, uh, not as a profession, but as an interest, I guess. So that pulled together a whole lot of thoughts for me around designing the system. But um, part of that is not bringing in pesticides and herbicides onto the property. And we've lived on our place for eight years, and we knew the people before us that lived there, and actually randomly met the people before them so I'm pretty sure that for a very long time there hasn't been that on our land Um, however you know um, it's hard I get that it's difficult to grow without um, inputs and so we we struggle a little on Waiheke with those inputs um, just because we don't have a lot of um, I guess it's just harder on our sites to get things so you know for example we live on a hill anything that comes in has to go up the steps and be brought up the hill to the garden, um, whether that's compost or manure or whatever. And we don't have large agricultural things here on the island to help um, splice in some of those more natural ways of doing things. Um, I think people rely on bags of compost um, that have been, you know, made somewhere else, even if it's organic. We don't really know what's going in it. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, of course, I try and I talk about the sphere of influence and how, um, for me, that's very, very high micro local, like very much, you know, my family and my garden and my backyard, and then local being my community, Waiheke, and then also um, spreading into Auckland and then national and then international. So throughout that, I, I try my best to keep it consistent, um, but, you know, I'm a human, so I'm not perfect. The you know we're recording this in in mid February. What's what's going on in your garden at the moment? What are you um, what are you growing and, and happy with? Yeah, a lot of tomatoes are really going, and I'm really happy with them this year um, compared to last year. There's also yeah we still got beans, tomatillos, um, the end of the cucumbers, the slow and small watermelons are growing. Um, yeah, some greens are just continuous like spinach and um, kale and celery and the lettuces are pretty much done uh what else kumara is on the go we've still got a few potatoes to dig um still got some sorrel and just um perennial greens going but yesterday looking at the water tanks realized that now water restrictions are on so i'll just be probably only watering key things that are fruiting like tomatoes and the watermelons um and keeping the kumara going, but the rest of it's going to just have to fend for itself until the next rains come, I think. Yeah, well, it was nice to get a touch of it this morning, though <laughs> not enough. Um, are you a composter and a mulcher? Yeah, I'm a big composter. I had a rat problem last um, year, so I switched to Pakashi for a while, but I find that the soil's too hard in summer to dig that, and it's just too hot and smelly, so... Um, I've recently invested in a barrel kind of circular spin composter um, with two stages to it, which I'm experimenting with. And I find it works quite well if I'm conscious enough to add 
extra carbon to it like it takes a bit more work probably than the ground compost bin did for that and then I finish it off um, in a bed in the soil in a compost bin on the ground once it's not got anything that rats want to eat so um, yeah removing pests from the garden was a big deal um, and an important part so raising the compost up off the ground and sealing it off hopefully removes that problem this year. You, you know, you talked about spheres of influence, so we've talked about your home garden, but you're also active in crop swap, which brings together um, people across the community. So you know, for people who, who aren't aware of that or new to it, can you explain a little bit about what crop swap is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, crop swap is just bringing together people with surplus from their garden, and that surplus can be produce, it can also be seeds, seedlings, preserves, jams, anything really, um, and and often knowledge surplus. So surplus of knowledge is shared, it's the soft sharing. Um, and we come together, put it all on a table, briefly talk about what we've brought along and then do a swap where everybody's free to take bits of everything or however much they want. And so you have the abundance shared evenly among people um, and people go home with, with new things, new ideas, new seedlings to grow um, and yeah a strengthened community I started that about seven years ago looking at my orange trees um, which were mandarin sorry which were fruiting and there was too many and I'd heard this really amazing lady Francisca talk at a talk about crop swap and she had started one in Taranaki and I got in contact with her and she was just really supportive and said, yeah, just start one and you can come under the band of sort of crop swaps Aotearoa. There was another lady at the time, Merle on the island, who was also interested, so we teamed up. Um, and yeah, you know, over the years we've had hundreds of crop swaps and it's not a massive swap on Waiheke, sadly. Um, that's often due to time. People, it's the same with all things gardening and food. It's time related for people, um, but it's a solid consistent um, swap of things and ideas recently we've switched from being um, at a regular time and place and we're doing it a little bit more um, impromptu and ad hoc just to address that um, need for people uh, you know whether or not they can't make it during working hours or whatever so yeah you talk about the exchange of ideas can you can you think of an example of something you've picked up from another gardener at crop swap Oh, there's so many examples. I, I can't even pick one. I think it's just how I learned to grow food on Waiheke through these amazing people, predominantly women, um, predominantly more experienced. There's some really great growers on there, people like Erin who have been gardening for a long time. Betty used to come along who um, doesn't anymore, but, I mean, so much information Uh what grows, grows well. And, you know, just looking at my garden today, the tomatillos, someone gave me a seedling of that at Crop Swap, and now they're just prolific in the garden. Um, we probably all have identical gardens now because we share the same thing. Um, but the knowledge the knowledge is more around, you know, how you would grow something, or you can just pop a question and ask, you know, oh, I've, you know, struggled with growing carrots, what do you do? And then we have like a 20-minute discussion about carrots, or um, someone wants to take a tipu of akumara and then we just have this whole impromptu workshop on how you you know propagate kumara and then we're all growing this epic kumara this year so there's there's so much um and i miss it a little um i'm a little time constrained um in this quarter of the year to attend it um due to other commitments but um you know every time i've come home from a crop swap 
it's always different. There's always different season, different produce, different people, and different ideas. So yeah, I can't speak more. I can't speak highly enough of how amazing Crop Swap is. Well, you can share some knowledge now because I'm, I'm growing tomatillos as well, and the, I've got a couple of, of um, plants in, and one of them has got very sprawly and big, but it's kind of a bit sad looking in there. They're not really getting up to the size I'd like. They're quite small. What are you doing to make yours so prolific? I don't know. Some of them inside the little lanterns are small, um, but we, you know, sometimes they fill the whole lantern, and I'm not sure what it is. But I have been watering them um and I, they will be on the list to continue to water. My children love them because they're so fun looking and they turn yellow and then they can pop them open and one likes the taste, one doesn't. But they're still fun to kind of pop and open. Um, this is my first year growing them on the scale. So, yeah, maybe we have to compare notes later. But, you know, water, that's a good one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the hard bit, isn't it? Um, you, you know, you, you've been on the island eight years. You've been gardening and building up your garden. You talked about how people kind of all probably got the same plants in their garden but are there things that you've found since being on Waiheke you go oh that's great I didn't know I could grow that yeah tomatillos would be one um potatoes I've really gotten into potatoes this year and kumara um I just I love growing potatoes I never even used to like eating them that much um but when I grow them I just love eating them and they're they're such a fun surprise like you just dig into the ground and it's like a treasure you just pull out and you never know what they're going to look like and then you've just got these huge potatoes and I just marvel at the fact that while I'm I don't know putting out the laundry or cleaning my teeth or whatever meanwhile in my garden these little potatoes are just growing I just think it's just an incredible magical thing that's happening under the soil. You uh, you strike me as someone who's probably thought about how we can increase um you know home gardening crop swapping you know food resilience and and self-sustainability on the island yeah um i do think about that sometimes i think about why people don't do things um as well putting it in a different frame so i think sometimes time is a, a big thing particularly in certain stages of life um, if you're very busy with your career and kids and all these things it can be hard to carve out um, and it's hard work to garden and, and all these things and then if you're in a different stage of life you might have more time and more inclination towards it so um, I think I have a lot of empathy for people because I get that not everybody can do those things at that time nor do they want to um, however about four years ago we had a hui on the island which many of your listeners would have attended um, about food resiliency we pulled together a hundred people at the marae and out of that came kai waiheke which is a network a loose network of people mm, hopefully many listening um, interested in food and food resiliency and we have kept that going we have a food charter now on Waiheke which commits to the things that we want to see on the island um, including food resiliency but not only that um, we have a vibrant food scene in terms of our restaurants and some really amazing growers that grow food and sell it in their restaurants at our vineyards and the like um, we have a really great 
tourism industry that actually celebrates our food through that, um, which I think is something that doesn't feature enough in terms of um, how great the food story is in Waiheke. We're also challenged by you know, the price of land um, because it's housing versus market gardens and water, water costs um, and also slope aspect um, soil type. So we're, we're not, you know, we don't have lush meadows with abundant water and deep volcanic loamy soils. So anytime you commit to growing food at scale on Waiheke, um, you're really going in for hard work. Um, so my, you know, I take my hat off to all those people that do do that and also space. But our vineyards, like, you know, there's some amazing ones like Timotu, they just do such a great job of really believing in increasing the food resiliency and also sharing provenance with their guests. So um, out of our food charter is not only home growers or this need to feed people, it's also a celebration of our food story as an island. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, ultimately all of us, no matter where we're sitting on Waiheke, we're reliant on one freight company to bring over all of our food and we have a higher cost as a result um, because we pay, you know, that twice um, to get it here and then to get it to the stores. And so we're already having to pay more to live here through our food costs and therefore anything we can do to help strengthen the resiliency of our island um, is really important. And there's quite a few of us chipping away in the background looking at that. So... Great. And um, your book kind of touches on, on that and many other issues. So where can people pick that up? Oh, um, my book you can buy from me. Refood, by Re-food. the way. Refood. Yeah, yeah, you can buy it off of my website, spira.nz. That's S-P-I-R-A dot N-Z and look for Refood. Or you can pop into Paper Plus um, and talk to the neat people there because they stock it um, if you just wanted to grab it off the shelf. But if it's on Waiheke, I can just drop it off to you so it's free delivery on Waiheke for that book. Right, and thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Chris. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Emily. I do recommend her book, ReFood. That website, again, is spira, S-P-I-R-A dot N-Z. And I thought I should mention for the benefit of any listeners who aren't on Waiheke that the reason we're so fixated on water is because we don't have a reticulated water supply here. We're reliant on tanks, rainwater, and when that runs out, costly deliveries. Also, Emily spoke about crop swap, and the easiest way to get involved in that if you're here on Waiheke is through the Facebook page Waiheke Crop Swap. Upcoming events and dates are posted there, and I've been participating in those lately, and as well as the swapping of produce, I agree with what Emily said. The exchange of tips and ideas is just as valuable. Well, that's it for this week. Join me again next week for another episode of Waiheke Can You Dig It? Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Waiheke Can You Dig It? Tips and info for the home gardener on Waiheke Island. Brought to you by Waiheke Radio. Music